0: hello amazing people and welcome to my show Life Gone Real. I'm your host Ronna DeAnne. This show is about real life situations. We'll chat about relationships, marriages, family kids. We'll have love stories, heroic stories. I'm hoping you'll be inspired and encouraged when life has gone real for you and just know you're not alone in this crazy world in life. We're all going through something. I'm going to be very open and honest on the show. I'm so excited you're here joining me on this journey of life gone real. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of life gone real. I am really, really inspired and excited by my next guest. Um, Her name is Christy Hohen and she is a below-knee amputee. She's a 10-year lung cancer survivor. She strives to be an inspiration by being her authentic self, which is one of the reasons why I've fallen in love with her. She's known as the table-grilling lady, having developed a new way to cook and entertain that turns dinner time into fun for family and friends. She's building her brand, Talk of the Table Company, and teaching people how to make meals, more meaningful by cooking together at the table, which I love because we need connection so so much. She's an artist, she's a mom, she's a grandma. She's getting um, her uh, prosthetics and she'll be walking soon after 15 years. That's amazing, I'm so excited. Um, You guys can follow her journey as she gets back to walking. And another thing she's doing in this amazing life of hers She's training for her very first 5K wheelchair race. And you can follow her with hashtag Team Christie on Facebook and Instagram. And she's also on Facebook of, uh, yeah, Talk of the Table is on Facebook and Instagram Talk of the Table. I'll have all those links. She's also on TikTok. And um, she's introduced me to the latest in, uh, Clubhouse. So thank you very much for that invitation. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. There's a little um, yeah. I'm kind of like, wow, this is a lot. But I think, obviously, for those of you who have not heard about um, Clubhouse, it seems pretty, pretty. It it seems pretty cool. I just got to figure that all out. But welcome, Christy. I'm so excited, and thank you so much for being on my show. She is just a ball of life. (laughs) That's the thing enjoy. You, I mean, that's just what I see on your face. And if you guys are watching, she's just beautiful. Thank you. So thank she has you. a very inspiring story, and um, yeah, I just wanted her just to kind of share her story from the beginning, and we can just kind of just take it away. One, how are you? I'm great.
1: Thank you. I <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity, not only to be here, but to actually meet you, and, and uh, be able, we live in the same city, so it's just a small, small world out here and uh yeah i just so appreciate that I, you know i i've had um you know you had mentioned i i'm missing um both of my legs actually yes me and it's because of compromised circulation um i bought chronic disease since i was about 15 years old and so uh, at 20 i i was finally diagnosed and it was no longer in my head <laughs> and so uh, Yeah, unfortunately, though, um, when I was 32, I lost my first leg below knee, and then um, fast forward, then um, another, oh gosh, I'm trying to think, it was 2005, I I lost my second, and then because of complications from getting too cold at a... um, a Christmas market in Germany, um, I ended up with, uh, complications with the, the tissue and not being able to wear my prosthetic legs. And I've been using a wheelchair for a little over 15 years and, um, but doing everything I need and want to do, basically, um, it was okay doing it without pain. And that was for me, that's always the thing, right. Is just quality of life is, uh, the most important thing that we could ever have.
0: So you had um, um, just going back. So whenever you were a teenager, were you in pain then? Is that when you started to yeah. feel pain?
1: Yeah, here I was, and I was fifteen, and I, I was having extreme fatigue and generalized kind of um, pain. You know, joint pain. I'd have gastric troubles. I was having a bunch of diverse kind of symptoms, and uh, we went to the doctor and. Every every single doctor that we went to uh, said there was nothing wrong with me. They thought that I was um, just having mental stress and that I needed oh, wow. to the psychiatrist and not the um, not the doctor doctor. And so it was it was crazy. I mean, those are your formative years, right? And right. I I remember lying there one morning, you know, hurting so badly and, and just thinking. Okay, everybody feels like this. This is just part of how everybody feels, but some reason I can't deal with it. And I really thought that it was something I was mentally um, you know blocking or whatever in my mind that I was unable to get out of bed. And wow. So, yeah, that's heavy for a 15 year old, right? And um, yeah and- I mean my
0: daughter's 15. right Right. now. So I'm, I'm comparing, I'm actually, I went there. I'm like, what? No, I can't. And I
1: understand in a way, you know, my parents, you know, doing due diligence, right. And taking me to doctors and all of them saying the same thing, that there's nothing wrong with you, that there's a point where you're like, well, shit, what's wrong with this kid, (laughs) you know, right. Wow. Um, Don't be lazy. I was labeled as lazy. I was labeled as complaining. Um, you know, my dad. Unfortunately, he was an alcoholic, and and he would say, "Oh, what's wrong with you today?" You know, those kind of uh, messages that you would get. Which, mm-hmm. you know, looking at that in in the frame of a little girl, you know, because you still are a little girl at 15. Um, oh yeah. Messages. What is wrong with you today? Um, and understanding how exasperated they were with me uh, when I was 17. I it it got worse you know of course there was more more complaints more um excuse me um more problems uh dealing with all of it so I had you know like um I had problems with my circulation my fingers would turn bright blue and we didn't know what was going on and when I was 17 my mom had finally said well we're going to um the doctor wants to put you in the hospital for uh, a observation and we're going to run a bunch of tests and we're going to find out what's wrong with you. And I, you can't imagine how excited I was for this. I, I was just preparing. She said, yeah, the doctor said I'd probably be in about a week and they would run all these tests. And uh, I, I was so looking forward to it. And, and it's yeah, world, if you can imagine so I got ready and I, I had everything packed and we went to the hospital and we just kept going up floor, up floor, up floors to the top floor of the hospital, which was the, um, the mental ward. <laughs> and they were, um, they were putting me into um, psychiatric um, observation. Um, oh my God. <laughs> without telling
0: chilled. I just got chilled as yeah. you just said that. Oh, wow. wow.
1: It was it was horrifying, and I um, I wasn't in lockup, um, and I was told you know you're you're not in lockup you know because immediately when I realized what floor we were on, one side when you walked out of the elevator was lockup, and the other side was open, right? And um, so I. I immediately after getting off the elevator and looking at going, wait, 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 What? why are we here? I'm supposed to be going in, you know, and I go, well, this is where the doctor thinks you'd be better off, you know, to be able to run these tests. And I was horrified. I was, you know, started crying uncontrollably. And, you know, you see in the movies all the time, you know, people just Freaking out when they realized, you know, they're going to be locked up or whatever, and that was me. And I realized, you know, how, you know, they were offering me sedatives. They were, you know, they weren't following me around with a needle or anything. But it was, uh, it was so traumatizing. It was so, so traumatizing. Wow. And so I just can't. I, I remember so much of it just is such a blur. But I remember saying over and over again, I, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I just, you know. And they would say well, Chrissy, we need you to stay here for right now. And we don't want to put you in lockup. So if you would please just. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, You're like, no, so I was there for a month. And um, wow. yeah, that was the end of my junior year. I finished out um, oh. school as the end of my junior year in um, the psychiatric ward. And uh, it You know, even to this day, I, you know, I can't even imagine. I have had three children, and, you know, with all the stuff that we've gone through, um, there was never a day where I thought I was going to drive them to the hospital and put them in the mental ward. So, oh my goodness. The results of that were, um, you know, me getting um, psychotherapy for, uh, you know, being in an alcoholic family. If you can imagine um, what an, impact that had on the the mental state of a
0: 17 year old right um, oh I know I can't I really can't imagine and, and I'm just thinking because I do have a daughter who's that age mm-hmm. I mean so i um, 15 you know she's going to so it, I can't imagine um well and then you definitely then in your 20s is when you got diagnosed um with now, when
1: I was 20 years old right and I had had. Okay. Uh, when I was 19, we had a lake house and I had, um, we had all been out there for the first weekend a Memorial weekend of the year. And I had um, bumped my ankle on the ankle bone uh, against the chair. And the pain was so excruciating that it made me nauseous. And I looked down and I realized I had a blister on my ankle. And uh, mm-hmm. because it was the first weekend out there, we kind of assumed that it was a brown spider bite. And so I started getting treatment as if it were a brown spider bite, and um, it was. Uh, I, I did um, whirlpool therapy, and and they had me on different antibiotics and and different kinds of treatment, and nothing was really helping with it. And it, you know, was a small um, a blister that kept getting a little bigger, a little bit bigger, and it was about the size of a quarter. But the pain was just excruciating. Um, and we didn't know exactly, you know, how to get this uh, healed. They they did different oxygen therapies and and things like that. Uh-huh. So when I was finally, um, well, I guess I should say before that happened, I went away to school, um, to college, and loved it there. You know, and it was a great escape from family life and and everything. I made friends immediately and was just having the time of my life. And I all of a sudden, my pain became so excruciating in my hips that um, mm. I wasn't sleeping through the night. Uh, when I would go to walk, like you'd walk with friends and you'd stop to chat with other friends that were coming, mm-hmm. I'd stop. My hips would become, I don't know what was happening, but the, the pain was so intense. I couldn't lift my foot wow. to be a step. So I would have to sit down in the middle of the sidewalk. I was so mortified. You know, sit down in the middle of the sidewalk, wait five or 10 minutes and then get up and then I could walk again. And so this was going on. I went to the doctor there and they said, oh, it's stress. You know, you're just started again with the stress, right?
0: Again, the same thing.
1: Yeah. Wow. And, you know, and I'm sure they're looking at my hospital records going, well, you know, she was in the psych ward for, you know, yeah. so um, they're like, she's
0: got a history. Wow. Well, she
1: has history. So therefore it is stress. So I ended up having to come back home from school. I couldn't stay because my pain levels are so high and I wasn't sleeping. And then you'd miss class because you couldn't get up. And, you know, it was just a cycle. And uh, so I was working and, uh, at the country club and uh, we had finally, let's see, I was 20. And we had finally found a doctor who was a, a rheumatologist and he was a diagnostician. And that was the key: was to find a doctor who um, was trained in diagnosing disease. And uh, so he was able to, um, after a myriad of fill-in-the-bubble tests, you know, just sheet after sheet after sheet, um, put together all the pieces of that puzzle. You know, this pain, that pain, you know, all these different symptoms, and actually diagnose me. And I was sitting in his office, I'm 20 years old. I had, I was straight from my office and I had high heels on and a suit and you know, just a otherwise vibrant, you know, 20 year old. And he, um, he said, well, you have osteoarthritis and you have a disease called scleroderma. And of course I didn't even hear the scleroderma part. I, I'm 20 years old and they're telling me I have arthritis. I have
0: arthritis.
1: Yeah, that's an old person's disease. What are you doing? What are you talking about? How can I have arthritis? You know, and I, I just started crying. I had tears just going down my face. And he looks at me with his, oh, so wonderful bedside manner and says, you're just going to have to learn to deal with it. And I just like bawling. And um, that didn't help me at all. And uh, Wow driving back to work with tears just coming down my face and I couldn't catch my breath. And I, um, I didn't know what scleroderma was. In fact, I had even bypassed that, you know, once he said arthritis, I heard nothing else. And he gave me, of course, all the paperwork and everything. And this is pre-internet. This is back, um, gosh, this must've been, uh, 84, 85, probably. yeah. Okay. And um, I, it was just, you know, you did whatever information you got, you had to get it face to face, or you had to start calling around or go to the library. So that's the first thing I did was, you know, started looking things up through the library and finding out what on earth are we talking about? Uh, So I found out that I had systemic scleroderma. And uh, we found an internal medicine doctor uh, in Wichita, Kansas, is where I lived, um, who had, you know, she was a um, autoimmune disease specialist, and it falls under the umbrella, right? Um, And so I went to see her. Now, her med students called her Scowlin Nowlin, (laughs) Dr. Nowlin. She wasn't, you know, she was pretty analytical and not, you know, that warm and fuzzy kind of person, but she really knew her stuff, you know, so I was at that crisis mode where I needed to find out as much as I could, you know, in as short of a period of time. So we went, right? or I went, and um, she looked at my foot and she said, why do you have a bandage on your foot? And I said, oh, about a year ago, I got a brown spider bite. And uh, she took a look at it and she said, um, oh, let me see that. And she looked at it and she said, no, that's not a brown spider bite. This is an ulceration caused by your scleroderma. And uh, wow, yeah, I had been, you know, completely un- unaware, you know, that it could be related to it. And so scleroderma, systemic scleroderma is um, the scleroderma itself is an overproduction of collagen in your system. And so it encases your internal organs um, in scar tissue and type.
0: Yeah, my
1: lungs, it was already hit my lungs, my esophagus, my heart, um, a little bit of my kidneys. And uh, I was 20 years old and I wasn't expected to live past 26 or 27. Um, Wow. Yeah. And and so then you have different skeletal you know things. It changed this part of my face, and you know I had um, hardening of my skin, and a lot of times people develop contractures where they're unable to open their fists. Um, okay, that's kind of the road that I was heading toward, and uh, you know it was terrifying, just absolutely terrifying. Uh, the first medication they put me on was. Um, penicillamine which is really a a very strong um terrible drug (laughs) you know for some it 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 was life-saving um but for me I had every symptom or every uh, side effect I should say from it so that's not a not an option for me I chose to um fight all of it um homeopathically okay I, I don't take um uh, any medications very easily, you know, and I know my body and I knew that there was no way I was going to be, be able to take a medication that the side effects are worse than the, d- the disease. And I just felt so strongly that I wouldn't live if I was going to be on these drugs. And so wow. I always to take them. So wow. I think that's saved my life, you know, and, and, and just being more health conscious and aware and, um, you know, even back right at that time back um, then
0: yeah I was like you were like really aware of your kind of going with your gut your intuition just like you said you know it's like sometimes our body and we we know all right something you know it's like you can feel it so wow that's um oh my gosh so when was your I mean real quick as far as your Cause that was when you're in your twenties and then sorry. how long, and, and you don't up, have to say, cause you I'm had like 12, didn't you say you had like 12 surgeries or something? Yeah, so, well,
1: what happened was I ended up, um, I became a single mom and, um, uh, okay. and when I told you and I were talking and I said, my baby son saved my life twice. Yes. And um, the first time he saved my life was um, when I found out I was pregnant because until that point, if you can imagine here, I was 20, you know, pushing into 21 and I just, you know, had a death wish, (laughs) you know, basically they had said, oh yeah, you know, you've got six to seven years. And so, you know, I'm out drinking and partying with my friends and um, not taking care of myself, and you know, just kind of acting out, if you will. You know, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I shoot, I'm going to be dead anyway. Might as well go out with tequila. <laughs> that, was <kind> of <laughs> that was kind of where I was going with it. And um, no, I of course then stopped drinking completely when I found out I was pregnant, and um, you know, just immerse myself into being a mom and. Um, my unfortunately my foot though was getting worse and worse uh, during that time that I was pregnant and there was no drugs you know you could take or anything and so I was just dealing with the pain with Tylenol um and trying to get through every day Uh, but after my son was born the ulcerations did not get a lot better and they in fact got much worse and so he was about let's see it was, right, it was May before he was going to turn one in July. And we had been on a Mother's Day weekend um, art fair and my favorite thing to do. And um, I had spent a lot of hours on my feet, walking around and, and visiting the vendors. It was quite warm outside, you know, so that raises your, oh, we have dogs.
0: There's the dogs hello do- doggies.
1: Hello doggies, <laughs> go away doggies. Mindy, no, no. <laughs> and there she goes um so anyway I'm sorry we had it's okay uh, we go um or anyway I was over uh, the course of the day we spent many hours you know walking around and I was on my feet and we ended up uh, that night I had lived temporarily with my parents again and my son's crib was in in the, my room, and across the room from me, and he woke in the night for his pacifier, as he did many times. And I got up, took him his pacifier, and came back and got in bed and thought, "Why does everything feel wet? Everything is wet." And I pull back the covers, and in the dark, all I can see is black on my bed in my white sheets. And I flip oh very quickly, and I'm in a blood bath. I'm in a literal bloodbath. Oh. My foot had a burst of blood vessel through the um, ulceration,
0: and wow. um,
1: was spraying blood um, everywhere. And I, oh. I, apologize. Oh my if gosh! If listeners are triggered by that,
0: um, no. I mean, you're giving a visual of the. Yeah, that's horrific. I mean, you know what it was like. I went on to, <clears throat> to his crib
1: yeah. and back to my bed was nothing but sprayed everywhere with with blood and, and there were puddles oh on the carpeting. And it was crazy how fast I was bleeding out. Um, thankfully I did live with my parents during that time and I was able, I, I wrapped quickly something around it to, to tourniquet it and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I got my mom up my, and my mom and dad up and dad came in and was taking care of the baby. and helping, you know, with the bloodbath while we um, ran to the hospital and they were able to pressure bandage on it and get the bleeding to stop. Um, Okay. If my son had not woken up, I never would have woken. There was no pain from it. I just was bleeding out. And uh, very sobering. I have to say that I I was so close to death that night. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's and I even got chills just then, and so, wow! Well, so, so that happened, and then, um, which is a miracle, just like you said. So, another, you, you're like, you're a miracle. Period. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, uh, I'm. You, you are a miracle. Right? Yes, like full of life, miracle, which is so inspiring of just your story, because because obviously, you know, now you did have surgery, so you lost. Um, you know, yeah. you can say, so you lost your leg and then you also, years later, you lost the other one. But these are your choices. So these that, and choice. say that, that was this awkward. was your choice. So, yeah, yes. And true. say, I mean, what made you have that decision? Obviously with your first, cause I guess you had gone through so many surges and you were like, I'm done. And you can just say, that, yeah, say what you told me. I mean, I was like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: I, I was, um, you know, after I fought the first foot um, you know, to save it for 12 years. And I, I felt wow. like I had just lost 12 years of my life doing it because mm-hmm. it was just a fog of, of I had three, um, skin grafts done, um, multiple, um, surgeries to try to repair the vessels. I mean, there were all these medications and antibiotics and I had a bone infection, which can, you know, result in death if, if you don't get that under right. control and, so yeah. all of these things. Um, meanwhile, I had um, opened a, just a, a glorious little boutique um, uh, art and antique store in my hometown, oh, and I we
0: made
1: foods. We had. I mean, it was just a, a, a luscious little wonderful place that was filled with um, all of my artisan friends' uh, work and some of my work and. Oh. Uh, it was it was it was just a precious, wonderful place that quickly became very, very popular, and uh, I was so proud of it. But my foot got so bad I couldn't enjoy it, and um, mm. that was the tipping point for me. I went, I can't allow that to be what you know is taken away from me um, because of this pain, and I told the doctors, I said, unless we can come up with a permanent solution. It's going to be that we amputate my foot. And, um, mm. you know, because the only thing that would heal it, and it would heal, would be to be lying down with it elevated. And I don't know, I can only think of one profession in the world that you could do that all day and make money on. <laughs> but it was...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad. I can't. I was, you know, oh, so this is
1: funny. not me. I'm not the one that's going to sit there and just wait for life to pass me by. I I needed to wow. you know, be me and my creative self and and get out there. And so I I did opt to have my um, foot amputated. And um, wow. you know it was hard to kind. Of, I mean that was there's a funny or not a funny. There's a, a really. Crazy story to go along with that. Uh, my, I had a nurse who was coming and helping me change bandages and everything. It had gotten really bad. And um, she and I had become friends. And she happened to work with uh, a good friend of mine who had uh, died in a sailplane accident many years before, um, who was a surgeon. And she was his nurse at um, different points. Anyway, um, she knew that we had been, you know, our families are very close. And, and, and uh, of course, you know, he had been next to me during a, a lot of um, what I had gone through. And uh, okay. she had asked me, she said, well, well, what would Chuck have said? And or what did Chuck tell you, you know, about your foot? And I said, it was not a subject we ever talked about, about what did the future hold? would I eventually lose that foot? I mean, that was never a conversation of ours. Well, it just so happened that that week I was having um, dinner with his widow and, um, I didn't, and my foot was healing. My foot was healing really fast because I had been off of it completely okay. for weeks. And I had, you know, a nurse coming in three times a day. I mean, there were, that's how you could keep it shut anyway. Um, I didn't want anyone to know how fast my foot was healing at that point, because I I knew that would scare them. And I needed this to be a decision I made myself and not, you know, anybody else. And so during dinner, the first thing she said was, Oh, Christy, I just hate this for you. And I said, I understand. I I hate it too. And um, she said, you know, Chuck said someday this would happen. And it was like, okay, universe, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) because I, I wanted to make sure it was the right thing to do that. I was doing the right thing when I should be doing it. And I kept thinking, uh, are these signs, you know, because it was healing so quickly at that point, is this a sign that maybe this isn't the time, you know, is I don't want to make the wrong choice. And Mm. I, I could not get home fast enough. I called Mary and I said, well, I got my answer. Chuck just told me what was going to happen and that I am doing the right thing. And so, yeah, that was pretty crazy. And I never looked back, even though in the hospital, they uh, gave me um, the um, resistance staff had MRSA and uh, it went Uh and I nearly died from it. That was oh my was like gosh, a glitch in this my plan. Um, I didn't lose faith in it. I just kind of put myself over to the side, you know, until it was over, because I knew it okay. was a really rough ride, and I had to have the initial um, amputation repeated. And um, then I was on terribly expensive IV antibiotics for 14 weeks. Ended up with it reopening during that time and oh my
0: gosh having
1: to go through surgery again and I never lost hope that I had done the right thing I knew I had done the right thing I knew that I had done my due diligence and that I just needed to make it past the the um chaos that the um you know the the resistant staff, you know, and and given, being given that in the hospital, it, you only get that kind of staph infection if somebody hasn't done their job right. Somebody is coming to your room with dirty gloves or dirty equipment, or, you know, maybe you pass it from one patient to another that way. And unfortunately, Mm. that's just what happened. So I didn't dwell on that. I just wanted to get past it and get to healing, you know, and get back to me again. So,
0: which is a beautiful thing. I mean, you've gone through that. So, so that was your first amputee. And then, uh, you know, later on you amputated your, your other leg. I just, you've gone through so much. Um, honestly, you could write a book. Have you wrote a book? You should write a book.
1: There somewhere.
0: (laughs) you should definitely write a book just about every I mean seriously because you're so I look at you now and it's just so inspiring to see I'm gonna like cry right now but it's so inspiring to see this beautiful woman go through such um a huge just so many so many obstacles in your life and here you are today full of life and this vibrant energy and this joyous glow that I see on your face <laughs> and, and you're, you're just, you're just constantly fighting, like you're just thriving. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And, um, and, and even like what you're doing now with, uh, your, your, uh, new, um, talk of the table company, which is beautiful. How. I would like to, for you, if you could just share with our listeners, like, how have you just been able to, I don't know, be the person you are now and just keep going and just, you, you have all this amazing hope and just this energy. I mean, how mentally, because it's all just like, and you and I talked about it. it everything is all mental. And I mean, how have you been able to just overcome? I don't know if you can give some tips or share just a little bit of, you, of- you know, one
1: of the pivoting points. Because we had talked before. I, you know, have I've been I, I'm in, at the end of a, of a marriage that, okay, it wasn't a great marriage, but we have great kids from it. I got to um, experience you know cultures and, and living places that I never would mm-hmm. have done. You know, so there's a lot to be thankful for. But I am such a believer in uh, all of these experiences, the good, the bad, the sad, the happy, all of it being part of a tapestry and the tapestry mm-hmm. that is part of who we are. And yes. you, know, you have to embrace all of it. And you know, the, the, the stupid, shitty, worst things that have ever happened to you are still a part of who you are. And we can't mm-hmm. wish them away because we'd be wishing parts of our, us away and parts of our lives away, and people who are in it. I wouldn't be right. here right now talking to you, or doing anything with, you know, my company, if it weren't for all of those experiences. And so all of that path, and, and the tapestry, and, you know, whatever you want to call it, we have to embrace it. And so I I really went through a lot of um, forgiveness meditations, and, mm. you know, the number one person I had to forgive, right here. And, wow. you know, forgiving myself for hanging on to things I shouldn't have hung on to, forgiving myself for not forgiving people, um, forgiving people who didn't deserve to be forgiven. Um, mm. The enormity of that weight, uh, I cannot even describe. And um, letting go of that was just like taking off. 50 pounds immediately off your lap and just throwing it to the side. It was crazy the instant relief that it gave me. And, you know, like anything um, forgiveness or, you know, life, life has ebbs and flows. You know, some days you feel stronger than other times. Right. And you have, you feel like, you know, you're invincible one day and the next day you're like, what in the heck am I doing? Um, yes, I can relate. Right. Social media (laughs) faces every day. And you're like, Oh my God, she's killing it. Look at that body. Oh, you know, those kind of things, right. You just stop yourself and go, you know what, this life is about me. This is my life this is my journey. And I, I, you know, it's my happiness. And, and um, I'm just glad to be in a position now that I've inadvertently inspired people. And before I had gone through a lot of this forgiveness, um, meditating, and, and really looking deep inside myself, I would have people, you know, you're just out going to the grocery store or something. And somebody would stop me and say, you're just so inspiring, you know? And I'm thinking, no, I'm not, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I yelled at my kids this morning, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I just, there was nothing about me that I found to be, you know, re- redemptive. And, and I just felt like I was the biggest faker of, the, of everybody. So I more often than not would get in my car and I would start crying. And wow. I knew that I had to make some changes, that I had an opportunity um, to not only become that person they think I am, because I, I needed to become my authentic self, right? Um, I needed to tap into that joy that I knew was there. And that I knew that little girl you know, had before she was sick and wow. you know, find out who that was again and find my goals. I love that. Yeah?
0: Yes, and, and I can totally relate to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we have those sad little people in us, you know, that are like, wait a minute, <laughs> what about me? And mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I grew up very shy. Um, I was that little girl who always wanted to be on stage but was terrified to be on stage and so that was that kind of contrast of the uh, extroverted introvert kind of thing um, but I didn't realize it was also because I was an empath and the energies and the, everything that I felt I felt it more and I felt, you know, the love more. I felt the hate more. I felt, you know, the judgment, whatever it was. I can remember being a little girl and just feeling so encapsulated and different than everybody else. And it wasn't until recently that I realized what it was and I am an empath and I am uh, intuitive and I can read people's emotions and their energies. And I don't want to make it sound too woo -woo wooey, but um, I've learned, you know that they always say, oh, trust your gut, trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Um, I got some serious gut feelings. And um, in my life, the only times that I've ever um, been really angry at myself is when I didn't trust my gut. And that was Mm -hmm. my intuition kicking in, saying, feeling, I mean, literally feeling and seeing um, their energy. And now that I've tuned into that, wow, it's crazy because you're like, wow, no, that one's dark. And then, you know, so you can just feel that kind of um, right vibe from here,
0: right? Absolutely. I'm a big, I'm, I'm total... Yes, I'm a big um, believer with energy and vibes and, and um, all, all of that, like, and, and I can relate. And so when you, when you just said like the little girl um, going back to that, because that's even I can relate to that of just, you know, just my life of what I had gone through even just last year of finding going back into finding who you are and going back into finding, you know, where, where is Rana? And I, and I can relate in that way. Obviously I cannot relate until, you know, with everybody's life and everybody has, a, you know, your story is amazing. My story is amazing. Everybody has all these stories, which is one thing I love. And that was another passion of mine for life gone real was everybody's life is different. Everybody's story is different. And, but it's really inspiring to hear other people's journey when you're going through a bunch of, you know, shit in your life, but you're like, oh my God. Okay. That person is going through that. They've overcome it. They've done it. Okay. I'm going to hold on and I'm going to push through. That
1: that too. I feel it helps ground you, you know, let's get it into perspective. All right. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: it's important to, make it your feelings, whatever it is, whatever you're going through to validate it, you know, never yes. just to push it under the rug. Oh, I don't have any right to feel that way because they're going through this. No, that's not correct. You know, be sad about it, you know, be stressed about it, whatever it is, but move forward from it. You know, yes. maybe then you're looking saying, okay, they move forward, I can move forward too. And if, you know, that kind of grounding, I think is super important and, um, something that I've realized how, um, influential I could be, um, you know, for people who are going through stuff like that. Um, often people will say, well, I bet it's pretty rough around your house. If anyone has an ailment, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, (laughs) you didn't, it's not chopped off. You're fine. You know, that kind of thing. And you know, there's times where your kids are, you know, being a little melodramatic about something or your husband's being melodramatic and you're like, eh, you're okay. You didn't die from it. Um, <laughs> you know, but then there's other right. things, there's emotional stuff. You know, I would never discount somebody, you know, being super sad a- about anything or hurt. And, um, you, you know, you have to validate those feelings and never hold them up to another person to, uh,
0: right right right. yes i i agree i i do agree with that um wow well we're gonna um i'm gonna wrap it up but thank you seriously Christy, for just coming on my show i know you will be back whenever you have all your other (laughs) there's more stories but i also um you will be back when we talk more about your um You're cooking guys she is a beautiful beautiful soul and she's such an inspiration um follow her on Facebook and Instagram matter of fact she just had this beautiful she just made the other day her and her daughter made this gorgeous Bloody Mary drink and I was just like so excited about it and I'm not a big Bloody Mary drinker but I saw it I was like oh my god that looks so amazing but yes guys just totally um Look her up on Facebook and Instagram. Talk of the table company. Follow her on um, the hashtag team Christy. If you want to watch her journey as far as her um, wheelchair racing. And I, I will definitely be following. So I'm just so excited. You came on the show and you will be back. Um, definitely in the future, whenever you've launched all your, your, uh, the tabletop company, when you have launched more of your things in your business and obviously your cookbooks and all the other things that I want to hear about and share. So thanks guys for tuning in. You guys have a wonderful day and we'll, we will see you or you will hear me next time guys. All right. Bye. Thanks. That's a wrap guys. Thank you so much for joining me on life gone real. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. Definitely rate it. Leave comments. I'd love to get into your lives a little. Send me some topics you'd like to talk about or if there's anything you're possibly going through in your life. I'm so glad you're here with me on this journey. Cheers to you and have a great day.